Welcome in to the Illini cast. I'm your host, Austin Berklin, alongside Sonny Verma. And my gosh, Sonny, we thought we had him, but we let him we off the hook. In the words of Dennis Allen, back in the Arizona Cardinals, lost to the Chicago Bears back in 2005. And now it's just pain all over again. We thought we had a breakthrough after the Maryland win. But we are right back into the cellar where this kind of program kind of belongs at the moment. So, yeah, what were your emotions going through that game, starting with the first quarter, going into the fourth quarter? Uh, it was a tough watch. Um, it was well, in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think we're starting to play better every single week. But to have that happen and be outscored 18 nothing and – to see what our defensive line is going to potentially look like next year without Newton and Randolph was, you know, pretty depressing. Um, the, the, but I, I can't say I agree with you though on where we belong in this uh, in the uh, cellar of the Big Ten. I think I'm more than more than ever confident now that with the Indiana games coming up, with the Northwestern game coming up, um, I think our talent level is finally starting to show. And, you know, we had that nice victory over Maryland uh, two weeks ago. We should have won this game in Madison or in uh, Champaign uh, against the Badgers this past weekend. And I know we keep saying that we should have won. We should have, could have, would have. But I think the talent and the players on the field are at least starting to play to their capabilities. The issue I have right now, Austin, and this is becoming a glaring, you know, repeated mistakes is our coaching staff at the end of halves and at the end of quarters, just constantly giving games away. We had Purdue last year. We had a game in Bielema's first year that caused the chance to go to a bowl game. And now, you know, this year, this has been a common occurrence again. And right now, my gaze is focused more towards the coaching staff and what they need to improve on. I mean, Luke Altmeyer played a solid game of football. He, he did things right that would make Illinois win two touchdowns 100 yards uh 13 for 21 you'd like to see that get a little bit higher but that's a game manager that can win a game uh week after week after week there were some big time moments where there's defense and specifically Aaron Henry's defense let Illinois down in a big big way there was some gashes on third and 10 that turned into first downs by Braylon Allen and those kind of things can't happen for a team looking to win football games. I don't care if you're up 28-7. You were up 21-7, and you still blew that game 25-21. So Aaron Henry is, is deep in my list of where it's like, that might be the reason why you lost this game. Yeah, I see that Luke Altmeyer line, and I don't think it's the worst thing in the world because that told me that the running game was working, you know, that we weren't relying on Luke Altmeyer and we were up for the better part of that game. But like you said, you know, that just to use a, as a reference point, that last drive uh, of this first half where we had gone up to go 14 nothing. if we shut him down on that drive, we have all the momentum, 14 nothing. The Wisconsin coaches are, you know, yelling at their players, their vibes are down carrying over from the week before 
And I think we could have really almost ended the game right there. But the complete opposite happened. You know, I don't know if it was a prevent defense that we were playing, but it seemed like Wisconsin was getting any amount of yardage that they wanted. They were able to score, go into the half, down 14-7, and all of a sudden be a little bit more optimistic going into that second half. And, you know, I, I know there was a lot of key calls that didn't necessarily go our way, but I'm with you this time. You know, it's Aaron Henry has a couple of things that he, something needs to be straightened out, you know, with Brett. And, you know, I'm not even going to blame Aaron Henry because he wasn't on our team the last two years, or he wasn't the defensive coordinator the last two years when these problems were still happening. So at this point, I'm wondering if it's more of a Brett problem and there's something that he's not teaching his coaches and his coordinators properly because he's the one constant through all this. I mean, I know losing Jerzon Newton impacted the game in a big way, but you're telling me that Seth Coleman, you're telling me that other players, especially on that outside linebacker edge, couldn't gain any pressure and and sack Braden Locke at all. Like, what was the strategy there? Like, by the outside linebackers, how were they taught? Because the fact that you weren't able to get much pressure on him and he was pretty comfortable in that pocket after Jerzon Newton left the game, that you should have dialed up some defensive back blitzes. You should have done something different just to change the pace. And then you go into a zone look on that third and 10 and that Braylon Allen run was just killer. That's when the momentum truly swung into Wisconsin's uh, way where they were like, we're going to win this game. Like there's no doubt in their minds right there. And Illinois, on the other hand, they look like they were the team down 14 points um, in, in that final drive. They look like they had no edge or spark or anything uh, to allow them to, built up to get a big time play. It was just a manufactured drive by a backup quarterback. And that's got to be embarrassing for Aaron Henry. And that's exactly what I mean. Like, I feel like it has happened so often over the last two plus years that when Illinois has its back against the wall, we're used to crumbling. And all of a sudden they kind of look around like, Oh, we're about to do it again. We're about to choke again. And that starts with the coach. You know, I, I love Brett, but again, for me, that's where the finger pointing went. Um, I watched that game, and you know what? Our offensive line was pretty decent again for the second week in a row. You know, but as you said, once um, uh, Newton got kicked out of the game, all of a sudden, Locke had all the time in the world to do whatever he wants, and just seeing the results of what our defense looks like with Newton around makes me, you know, afraid for next year you know these guys better have learned their lesson and we better be you know saving a lot of these funds towards that transfer portal because otherwise we're in for a long down year next year as well i mean illinois scored 21 points and yes that's nothing to write home about but in the big 10 west 21 points is like the the stratosphere that you want to get to uh to like win a football game. yeah yeah as sad as that is, like that was a great offensive performance based on the Big Ten West uh, curve that they have built year after year after year. Iowa fails to score 21 points often. Minnesota fails to do that. Northwestern fails to do that. Wisconsin scored 15 points in their no scored six points in their loss to Iowa, where Iowa only scored 15 points. So you look at that. 
the defensive performance that Illinois gave up, it, it's just mind-blowing because Caden Feagan had 97 yards on 24 carries. If you just told me 24 carries he would have throughout the entire game, I'd be like, all right, sign me up. We're going to win this game. Holy cow. This is everything going right for Illinois. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball where – uh, you see what Braylon Lock did, two touchdowns for 240 yards, uh, 5.9 uh, yards per attempt, and then a 21 for 41 game. That's That that can't happen. I, I know the secondary is young. I know they. I like the pieces uh, that are coming up, but they kind of got dismantled by that. And then Braylon Allen, of course, 29 carries, 145 yards, and a touchdown with that long run of 30 yards. So this defense has to adjust. It has to get to the portal next year uh, to build up that defensive line back because, yeah, we saw that fourth quarter without Randolph and Newton, and we're going to see it in the first half probably against Minnesota unless Randolph gets healthy. It's a position where that's, that's danger zone, especially in the Big Ten. I know you're adding some different unique skill sets with UCLA, USC, Oregon, and Washington. But the defensive line is the epitome of how you're going to win every single football game in, in, in football. It doesn't matter the level. It doesn't matter the conference. And for that to happen is just so disheartening, especially with the identity that Brett Bielema wants to build. I think that's you just nailed it right there. Like if our defensive line isn't one of the focal strong points of our team, then why did we hire Brett Bielema? The, the whole point of right. hiring him was, you know, we know we may not have the most 22 talented guys on the field at the time, but we're going to win in the trenches more often than not. And that is kind of the great equalizer when it comes to the college game. But if, you know, all of a sudden our defensive line is non-existent, then we could have had last year's secondary back there. We can have Witherspoon back there. We can have Sidney Brown back there. At some point, even they're going to get torched. So it's one of those I know, and I've been the biggest culprit for this, you know, constantly calling our secondary very young and very green back there. But we're halfway through the season now. You know, these guys need to be getting better. And once again, this is kind of a, you know, I keep repeating myself, but it, it's kind of a coaching thing. Um. I mean, what, possibly one of the answers in that defensive line, and I'm curious about your thoughts, was uh, Gabe Jackis going to the defensive line. He got a great uh, PFF grade, and now I'm wondering if, you know, he hasn't exactly shown up all that well this year uh, at the linebacker spot. I wonder if uh, he's going to get more uh, time there. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I think that's kind of how it has to be at this point. I mean, like, just the built-in – difficulties you got to find some sort of spark so i i, I mean he's got to go there he's got to mm -hmm. yeah i mean again it was his best game by far of the year and i think size wise and speed wise um you kind of saw that maybe he could be better suited for that position and it's going to yeah. be much easier to find a replacement for him uh at, at linebacker than it is to find a replacement for you know a newton and randolph uh, on the defensive line so i think this is a line i i'm actually more curious to see when we start lining up against minnesota if jack is where he's going to play if it's something we're going to wait for the offseason to make that move or if they're just going to throw him in immediately and uh 
you know, see what he does uh, on the line again. It's it's tricky because you know Brett's going to try to get Newton back for that first half. He's going to be writing his letters to the Big Ten to try to get that call o- overturned. But um, we're going to need him because, you know, Minnesota's not a great team. There's no great teams in the Big Ten West, which is what makes this hurt even more that we went through the stretch of playing Purdue, Nebraska, uh, and Wisconsin, and we got zero wins out of it. And, you know, essentially that's cost us the Big Ten West now. At this point, you and I are going to have to come to terms with the fact that Indianapolis is not happening. It is not. It is not. that doesn't mean a bowl game can't still happen. So I think that's what we need to kind of aim for right now. Yeah, I mean, I I just think of back to that play where the Illinois defensive back, I can't remember his name, failed to get that interception on that deep throw by Braden Locke where he didn't attack the ball. And I think that play right there shows the lack of experience in this big 10 by some of these defensive backs. And you think you would see more flashes by now by some of these young players, um, but that just hasn't happened. So you kind of have to hope that the development happens this off season where they can get some size and get some strength and uh, figure out where to be and when to be there. Cause the game is kind of moving a little bit too fast for them, even against some pedestrian wide receivers in the big 10 West. Yeah, I think, you know, if you talk about Illinois recruiting, uh, the secondary is probably our second best area that we've been recruiting outside probably running back. But I think what we're seeing now and with the offenses that are coming in next year, we're going to have to attack the transfer portal hard for another cornerback as well, particularly cornerback. I think we're kind of okay on the safety spot. I think we got some pretty good uh, talent, especially, you know, assuming Matthew Bailey comes back healthy next year. But we're going to need at least one starter, I feel like, um, in order to take on some of those offenses coming in next year. And that's just not something that I thought we would need to replenish next year um, earlier in the year, uh, thinking, you know, that was one of the positions that we're okay at. And we might be okay there two, three years from now when the talent that we've been recruiting is able to grow and be coached into what we think they're going to be. But I think it's going to take a little more time than we thought. And for that reason, we're going to need some stopgap help because Brett didn't get uh, much stopgap health or help, you know, for most of the positions this year. And I think that's one of the reasons that you and I are now going to be sitting and talking about, can we finish six and six instead of, Hey, did you make your reservations for Indianapolis? Right. I mean, Brett was pretty excited about his returning talent uh, coming into this season. I mean, uh, the athletic article had during the preseason was like, Brett is really feeling himself. I don't know if that's good or bad for Illinois. And right now it's showcasing that it might be a little bit bad for Illinois. And I think next year, you said the perfect word stopgap. I think next year is going to be the stopgap here at Illinois. That's going to be on the offensive line. That's going to be on a little bit on the defensive line. That's going to be in the secondary. Uh, That's got to be a wide receiver. So there's got to be some huge overhaul uh, on this roster, at least uh, for some of these guys that are like juniors and seniors, because I don't think they fit the bill in what this Illinois team needs to be with the talent infusion that's being added into the Big Ten. You can't go into next year with the talent that you have. Um, coming in like the Juco ranks have only given you like 
one guy in Isaiah Adams. Uh, and then you really only attacked the transfer portal for Luke Altmeyer. Yes, you got some Clayton Bushes of the world from SIU, those kind of guys, but you need to hit that, those group of five schools hard uh, for their talent and say that you can play in this new and improved Big Ten as your kind of sell. And then NIL dollars have got to follow as well. And you know who else I'm going to try to throw as many NIL dollars towards as Isaiah Williams. See, if, yeah. like, you know, uh, see where his projection comes out at in the NFL. You know, yeah, he's certainly going to be drafted, but let's see if, you know, some of that Newton money that we're going to be saving, some of that Randolph money, um, him coming back would be huge for the development of Altmaier. Um, he has been the one difference maker at receiver. You know, the other two guys are doing fine, but, you know, Casey Washington can't get any separation ever. Pat Bryan, you know, he has his moments, but Isaiah Williams has been arguably, inarguably, uh, our best offensive player this year. And one, he's, you know, on his way to become an all Big Ten uh, wide receiver. And my hopes is that we can come up with some sort of package that monetarily wise is in, incentive enough for him to stick around at U of I, play one more year before he has to uh, take that next step. I mean, it says a lot that none of these freshmen or even sophomore Illinois wide receivers are even pushing Casey Washington or Pat Bryant for playing time. I don't know. Obviously, we can't watch practice, so we don't know how they're practicing. But that is kind of alarming in a way that even with the athleticism of like a guy like Malik Elzey or Hank Beatty can't push these guys who aren't doing that great. These aren't gangbuster wide receivers. Casey Washington has his moments. Pat Bryant has his moments, but they are so inconsistent that it's frustrating to think like these freshmen and sophomores aren't better than these guys. So that's kind of alarming in and of itself. Particularly Elsie. You know, I mean, I guess yeah. he, he's been hurt the past couple, uh, couple of games and maybe having this bye week is going to help. But I really thought, you know, after we uh, talked about uh, the Purdue game where we talked about going with the younger guys, we've seen Caden Fagan just take the ball and run with it. You know, I think it's pretty obvious. We found our RB one moving forward, uh, hopefully for the next couple of years. And what I remember mentioning more often than that was uh, Malik Elzey being that guy. Hey, let's give him his time to grow now so that he has that game day experience for 2024. He and Luke Altmaier are able to develop, some sort of chemistry moving into next year, just in case Isaiah Williams does decide to leave um, a more game ready Malik Elsey. And if we can pay Isaiah Williams enough to come back next year, those are two really starting good starting points at the wide receiver spots for Luke Altmaier. Um, but I think, you know, you know, we hate talking about it, but the guys like Hank Beatty, it might be one of those cases where, us Illinois fans just have to come to terms with the fact that, you know, the articles we read about our recruits always tend to shine them up a little bit more than they probably deserve to be. That's the difference between at the level where we recruit the three stars that we recruit, they require more coaching. They require some off seasons with, you know, the strength and conditioning and whatnot. Whereas the other teams were recruiting those four stars who, you know, we act like we didn't want to begin with. Um, those guys are more game ready. And so I think that's kind of the thing we're kind of coming to terms with now that the guys that we've been reading about our recruiting class, you know, 
uh, which is supposed to be up and coming, but they're not ready yet. And I think the fact is, if they were ready, they wouldn't have been committing to us. I mean, you just look at the difference between Carnell Tate at Ohio State and where these young wide receivers are. I mean, Carnell Tate is a freshman, and he's playing alongside Marvin Harrison Jr., and I know Becca was out against Penn State. But the fact that he was even in the too deep of the conversation showcases where the top echelon are recruiting and where Illinois is recruiting because these young guys can't get on the field. And Carnell Tate is playing against number seven Penn State and making some crucial catches on third down. So I I see those kind of things. And it's like, yeah, you need to reassess every single year because it's not like basketball where guys can just come in and make an immediate impact. I get that. But you do want to see more of those flashes from these young guys immediately and that's just not happening for Illinois because I don't think they have the talent that we thought that they did and of course you know we're never really going to get the Carnell Tates and that's not what you're implying at all right but you know Purdue has like 14 or 15 four stars committed whereas we don't you know I think we we get excited when we have a couple in a single class and um, that's fine if you want to be a coaching development developmental program but then that's where Brett misfired in the idea of not spending NIL money on bringing in reinforcements because it takes time. I think the team that we have is more talented than the team that Brett Bielma took over. But that talent hasn't had time to develop yet because we're getting such raw players. And you can get the raw players, but you have to find the supplemental guys in between, those stop caps that we referred to earlier. Because otherwise, right now, you know, obviously we're not even going to compete with the Ohio States in recruiting. But right now we need to compete with the Wisconsins, the Purdue's. I mean, if they're running circles around us when it comes to recruiting, it's not like, you know, what have I been complaining about more than anything else this uh, this episode? Our coaching. Our coaching, I think we're making some very stupid decisions. Uh, and this has kind of been consistent for uh, two-plus years now. So if we're not winning – on the field and we're not winning in recruiting, then what are we winning at? I mean, not really much. I'm looking at the recruiting rankings uh, from 24 seven in 2024. Let's go through it. Uh, you, you know who the number one is Penn, Ohio state has five, five stars coming in. And then you go to Oregon has 19, four stars, but then you start thinking, all right, who can be more of our ilk? Uh, Nebraska has eight, four stars, uh, coming into the program out of 26 commits. Wisconsin has eight four-stars coming in. Purdue has five. Minnesota has two. Iowa has three. Rutgers has two. Maryland has two. Washington has five. And then Illinois has one four-star committed. Um, the only teams that are lower than that are Indiana, who probably will be without Tom Allen after this season. Um, and then Northwestern, who is just on a crazy situation that nobody wants to see their program in. And then Michigan State has two four stars at the moment, and that's without Mel Tucker at the helm. And that might be higher whenever the new guy comes in because he'll probably have some four stars to bring over whenever he takes the Michigan State job, whoever that is, whether it's a uh, Matt Campbell, whoever it is. And you look at Illinois. Where's the juice coming from in high school recruiting? I, I don't see it. 
And the fact that Brad, that not Brad, Brad Underwood's done a great job of the transfer portal, <laughs> but Brett Bielema thought the transfer portal couldn't really help him that much whenever he was 14th in overall team rankings. That's kind of alarming to his self-scout and self-evaluation of his own players. Yeah, I mean, this upcoming offseason is going to be a huge offseason for Brett. Um, everyone's, you know, everyone's going to be paying attention now. Like, they weren't really shy about what their strategy was coming into this year, and we've seen the results of it. Um, you know, I still think we finished the season 6-6, six and six, uh, if not even 7-5. and five. But regardless of what you're going to say is, like, it's been a pretty disappointing season, and there's – no way we should have lost these three games. Just Nebraska's a bad football team. Purdue is a very bad football team. You know, Wisconsin's a, you know, a decent football team, but we we had that game. You know, I think at one point it was like a 94% chance of winning um, um, with one of those analytic uh, graphs. Giving up those type of games, like that's what's going to cost you the bowl game that cost you know we that cost us two years ago, and we can't keep doing that. We need six wins this year because otherwise, that recruiting mojo is just never going to come. You know the, the Purdue's, the Wisconsin's, the other schools are going to continually say, "See, Indi- uh, Illinois was just a one-year fluke. Don't worry about them. You know you'll be lucky to play in a bowl game. We got something going here." And it's just uh, it's just disconcerting, and the magnifying glass is on Brett. You know, and I I love the guy. I'm a big fan of him. I think he was the right hire, but now he's going to have to show that he's the right hire uh, for today's modern game. He needs three victories as of this moment. You have Minnesota coming up. Who Brett Bielema has done a great job against Minnesota, but this is a new year where Minnesota beat Iowa. I know Iowa was with their backup quarterback, but still, that's a win. That was against the number one defense in the Big Ten, essentially, if you take away Michigan. Then you have Indiana, which I think that'll be a win. That'll be four and six, possibly. Iowa, I don't know if our offense is truly dynamic enough to beat Iowa, because to beat Iowa, you got to do more than just pound Caden Fegan in the middle, in the gut, uh, because that's what they're like to stop. Then you have Northwestern, which I think will be a win. You got to find a way to win against Minnesota or Iowa. And if you don't, then that'll add to add to the salt in the wound. That is the season of Illinois football, because that's more of those big 10 West programs that are passing you up and more of those programs that are that can say they're in that second tier of the Big Ten, whatever it looks like next year. So that's kind of what I'm nervous about, especially missing out on a bowl game. I think this next game is arguably our biggest one of the season. Um, Minnesota, you know, they've kind of been falling back in the Big Ten compared to what they've been doing in the past as well. So right now, you know, Brett's never lost to Minnesota. If Minnesota all of a sudden wins this game, they're competing for that Big Ten West title. And we are then, what, three and six, and we essentially have to win out just yep. to make a bowl game. And that puts a lot of pressure on us because we have that Iowa game coming up, second to last game of the season. I think Minnesota's huge. You know, I'm glad we have a bye week coming in now. I, I just wish we had more positive momentum going into the bye week, but. You know, Minnesota's offense is not that great. You know, they've got a pretty decent 
um, defense, but I, I'm going to be very curious to see what the line is on that game because I guess it's in Minnesota. I, I can't imagine it being more than a field goal in their favor. Uh, if, But I would actually think, you know, we have a pretty decent chance at winning that game. As long as we the only out. thing that we have, the only thing we have right now to go off of is the ESPN FPI analytics. Uh, Minnesota has a fifty-six point nine percent chance to win the game. Basically, a coin flip at this point. It's not yeah, like seventy. Fifty-six would be probably be about four points, four or five points, um, because they've got home field. I think that I think that's uh, factors into it, but. It's going to be a huge game. I, you know, we keep talking about the biggest game of the season, but this is another game that, when you look at our schedule, it, this was one of the coin flip games of uh, whether we were going to win or not. And so far, every single one of those coin flip games, we've lost. And Minnesota's going to, you know, it, it's sad. I think we somehow won one of the games that we weren't supposed to win. But, um, you know, Brett needs to continue his momentum over uh pj fleck um you know pj is one of those guys who you can tell the minute he gets his first win over brett um over illinois uh he's going to be calling all the same recruits because we're recruiting essentially the same type of players and he's going to be saying hey did you watch the game let me show you the game tape look where we're headed look where they're headed and again they now have the tie over iowa for the big 10 west so, you know, you're putting them in a position where they can claim that title and that gives them so much recruiting juice, which is not good because that's one of the teams right now we are on the same tier level with in trying to compete for those young kids. It is funny you mentioned that we've had a lot of like game of the years for this Illinois team. It's just been crazy of a roller coaster because you beat Toledo and then you're like, all right, Illinois versus Kansas, Leipold versus Brett. Here we go. Game of the year right here. Lost that. Then you're like, hey, but don't worry, Penn State, game of the year here. Uh, we stopped Drew Aller. We can win this game. Luke Altmaier, four interceptions. FAU, we're like, bounce back game. That would end up being closer. But then we're like, all right, Ryan Walters, here we go. Game of the year. Then we're like, game of the year against Nebraska. Matt Rule coming into Champaign. And then Maryland, game of the year. Um, Wisconsin, game of the year. And now Illinois, Minnesota is, again, the game of the year because this game, this team just couldn't find consistency uh, to win back-to-back games. And that's just killed this program in terms of this season. And that's why this 5-7 and seven slash 6-6 six and six record is just on a razor-thin edge right now. And these games – even Illinois, Indiana, like you hope that Illinois can muster enough strength to beat in Indiana. But I mean, I, I don't know how quickly Indiana wants to claim their death right now. So it, it's just going to be crazy to watch these final four games. And the pressure is going to be on this coaching staff to get their players in the best position because all the rest of these teams are going to be fired up for that Illinois game, maybe outside of Indiana. It is, it, even if we end up the season with five wins or six wins, I think this season will, at the conclusion of this season, it'll will have feel felt more frustrated than even the last couple of years of the Lovey era because we knew we weren't good then. We had very little expectations coming into the season, so you know, winning two, three, four games during that tenure was one sort of feeling, but we were already deflated coming in. 
coming to this season, Austin, you had us winning 10. I had us winning nine games. Yeah. And to all of a sudden be this wrong. And again, in my opinion, the, the play I'm seeing on the field, at least the last two weeks, is a lot better than what we had seen for the first part of the season. So I, I do think the talent is there, which is what, again, it gets me so frustrated at the end of game coaching and losing these 50-50 games and, you know, losing these games on the last drive constantly. And that's going to give me more gray hairs than, you know, when I go into a season with an over-under of three and a half wins and we ending up with two wins. I mean, it boils down to two, three things, possibly. Uh, number one is self-talent evaluation by Brett Bielema. Number two, it goes down to being out-schemed as coordinators against the likes of Luke Fickle and Matt Rule, and the list goes on. Ryan Walters, his coaching staff as well, whenever they get past those scripted plays. And then number three is team discipline. There's been a lot of opportunities for Illinois to get ahead of the chains, and yet there have been those holding calls that have been killer. There have been false starts that have been killer. There have been targeting penalties that have been killer. It's just the discipline of Illinois. Now, Brett Bielema has blamed the refs a lot this season, more than I've seen any Illinois coach in any sports uh, do, which is kind of in a way refreshing. But then at the same time, it's like you see that the refs are are calling Illinois games a certain way. You have to adjust as a head coach and be the leader to tell your team to uh, to adjust back. Uh, and that just kind of hasn't happened this season, unless you're talking about the Maryland game where Illinois was the least was the more disciplined team in that game. So that is kind of the frustrating part for me is that the writing has been on the wall in certain games. And yet it's like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and expecting different results. So moving forward now, Austin, what do you think we need to do to win at minimum? I think you and I both agree we need to win three out of four. Yeah. What I, I think I think the key to that is knowing your identity. It's getting Caden and Fegan going like they did against Wisconsin for three quarters. It's being the more disciplined team. And then defensively, it's just finding new ways to get pressure on the quarterback at any moment because playing back hasn't really worked. And some of the pressures that Aaron Henry has dialed up haven't worked either. So I think you have to get ultra creative in what you are um, in what you are doing defensively. And if you're not doing that, then I think these next at least Iowa and Minnesota will be a very, very tough task for the Illinois team. Not because of the Jimmys and Joes, but because of the X's and O's. I agree. It's a what I'm really going to be looking forward to is not looking forward to, but in one of these last four or five games, if it comes down to one of the last drives again, I think it's going to be huge for our program to come out on top finally. You know, again, every single week it seems like we come down. And if it's a one-score game, all of a sudden we get nervous. We look around. Oh, my gosh, it's happening again. And sure enough, by the end of the game, we lose. I think it's going to take one or two, you know, and especially if it's against like a Minnesota or an Iowa, a team that, you know, right now is above us. 
I think that could be a huge confidence booster for our program moving forward because right now that's kind of the narrative, you know, like we just keep choking up big, big leagues. And that's what I'm kind of hoping to see moving forward. I, I think game plan wise, you know, Barry Lundy Jr. He's kind of, you know, redeemed himself at this point. You know, he's running the right plays. Um, yeah. You, we'd want Luke Altmaier to have a couple more yards and a couple more passes, but, if the reason he's not getting yardage is because Caden Fagan is running for 97 yards on 24 carries, that means we're controlling the clock. That means our mm-hmm. running game is working. So I'm not as alarmed about that because I still think I have the confidence in Altmeyer that should we need him to win a game for us, he can. But should we need the defense to win a game for us? I don't think I believe that they can. So I think, that's going to be super important moving forward because I don't think we're going to be blowing out Minnesota. I don't think we're going to be blowing out Iowa. So in the fourth quarter, you know, in a one score game, can we count on our guys? Can we count on our coaching staff to, you know, get our guys mentally ready to take that next step to, you know, get victory, get that, you know, interception, that key sack and win that game. Because I I think that's, the biggest glaring weakness I see on our team right now is that I don't think they have that killer instinct at the end of games to close it out. And that comes from coaches, you know, that we don't have the NFL talent back there right now. So the coaches have got to coach that into our young players. And whenever you don't taste victory often against big time opponents, like, yes, you had some, uh, good moments in that Toledo game that Casey Washington play will be kind of cool if Illinois makes a bowl game. Like, hey, that was awesome. But uh, you look at FAU, they had a little bit of that. And then um, against Maryland, that's kind of the blueprint that you should teach your guys. Like, hey, you guys can do this. You led a drive to Caleb Griffin defense. You did enough against a spread offense that no one gave you a shot in hell in at winning. And you held them to 24 points. You got to harness some of that energy, and maybe you just rewatch the Maryland game before Minnesota. Just give get the vibes correct again, because right now these guys don't know how to win or or know exactly what to do and when to do it in those late situations. And some of that is coaching, but a lot of that has to do with the inexperience. Because Sidney Brown was there, Devin Witherspoon was there, and whenever you have those guys who are just athletic freaks or just hard hitters like Sidney Brown is, that makes it a lot easier to make up for some of those mistakes mentally that those guys may have had. This Illinois defense doesn't have those same athletes unless you're talking about Jerson Newton. And that show just shows you how much we miss Matthew Bailey. You know, he could have yeah. been that guy in the backfield who – you know, was kind of carryover from last year. He was there. He played with all those guys, and he could have seen that, you know, there's a vacuum of leadership missing now, you know, just giving confidence to the other guys. He's, you know, from everything I've read about him, he's that type of kid. But it's tough when you're hearing that type of advice and leadership from the guy on the field with you compared to a guy who's in a cast on the sideline. So, you know, you know, that's also something that Brett needs to think about moving forward is like, you know, what happens if a key guy goes down? Do we have that backup? Because 
you know, like you said, you know, you bring up the Maryland game, but keep in mind, Maryland did score pretty much on their last possession for Illinois. Right. It was, you know, it was, it was our offense who was lucky enough to, you know, Luke to Pat Bryant again, had a great connection, great play and to set up Caleb Griffin for that game winning field goal. So right now I think the, uh, my attention from every game moving forward now, and of course I plan on winning and I expect to win, but I want to watch the last our def- last defensive stand at the end of the first half and what happens at the end of the fourth quarter, pending us not uh, blowing a team out. Because I think right now that's where our glaring weakness is. I don't know what adjustments need to be made. You know, I'm not being paid millions of dollars to figure it out, but Brett needs to do something because this is not necessarily just an Aaron Henry problem. You know, Ryan Walters had to suffer the same results at times last year. And, you know, it's cost us a bowl game and it cost us the Big Ten West title last year. So something needs to be fixed. I don't know, you know, I don't know the answer. Yeah, I don't know either because, I mean, Brett worked under Bill Belichick. He worked under in the Giants system as well, like in the NFL. Like he could have probably gained some new ideas there, but I don't know if he needs to just go on a little coaching tour and uh, possibly figure out what's going on with his coaching friends. And uh, maybe that'll be the difference in the offseason. But as of right now, there are some key factors that need to change in this uh, Illinois defense to be successful, especially with the talent, like I keep saying, is coming in with Washington, Oregon, US, USC, and UCLA. Without with those students coming in, you can't afford the same defensive miscues over and over and over again because that'll turn wins into seven-point losses, and that'll turn seven-point losses into 21-point losses. And that'll turn eight-win seasons into six-win seasons and you know six-win seasons into – four win seasons and all of a sudden you know brett's gonna be looking for a new job again yep absolutely and that's what i don't want to have happen i don't want to go through another coaching search i don't want to get my hopes up or go through that rebuild process even though it can change quickly um with the transfer portal now but i don't want to go through those lows i don't want to go through that all right, can this coach harness momentum in Illinois? Um, high school recruiting, like Brett's kind of done that um, right now. and But without that momentum, those players, no matter what relationships you've built, will always go to Iowa, will always go to Wisconsin, and now Nebraska and Minnesota. So that is the danger zone that Illinois is in. And this, this offseason and transfer portal, you can't overstate how important – that's going to be this off season. But also like, I think, you know, Brett is on thinner ice. Cause I think us as Illinois fans, we need to watch what happens up in Madison with Luke fickle in, and that offense, because, you know, everything that we hired Brett Bielema for the game of college football is changing. And in particular, yep. it's going to be changing in the big 10 uh, in the, in our, in our conference. So for me, if all of a sudden Wisconsin's able to make some adjustments, if Matt Rule is, you know, able to bring in a decent uh, talent level, he's always been able to bring a decent talent level, but, you know, good coaching and a good offense in Nebraska, then all of a sudden my, you know, infatuation with Brett may disintegrate a little bit. You know, then all of a sudden, you know, we're in the Big Ten. We're going to, we're going to be an attractive job. We're, you know, in the 
bottom third of attractive jobs in the Big Ten, but that's still more attractive than a top third job in a non-Power uh, 2 conference. So for me, we're, if we're going to have the money, let's spend that money on a coach who can bring Illinois. Maybe the problem that we've had is we have always focused on being a grinded out, run the ball, Big Ten team. Maybe that isn't what's going to win in the Big Ten moving forward. Uh, our weather is better than Madison's weather. You know, so if everyone's talking about will it work in Madison, if it works in Madison, it can work in Champaign. It doesn't snow as much as it does in Champaign. So for me, I'm watching Brett Bielema, seeing what kind of adjustments uh, he can make. If he's not the guy to take us to the next level, I'd rather be I'm okay with moving on with the coaching search uh, sooner rather than later because – you know, I want to see the next iteration of Illinois football. Maybe it is uh, some sort of air raid or whatever it is. You know, maybe, you know, Illinois can be a fun team to watch. I mean, you look at at Illinois and how they play, and then you see these Pac-12 games. And again, like you said in previous episodes, it looks like a completely different sport that they're playing out there. And... I just look at what Illinois has hired in the past few cycles. They hired Tim Beckman, who was the defensive mind at Toledo. They hired Lovey Smith, who was the one of the bigger defensive influences in in the NFL. And then you hire Brett Bielema, who is a more defensive minded, grinded out kind of coach. I, when is the Ron Zook was pretty successful as an offensive kind of coach um, for Illinois for a short period of time, obviously. So I don't know why Illinois hasn't really gone after an offensive mind as a head coach, because I, I feel like they've never tried it, or at least they haven't tried it in a long, long time. So that's kind of intriguing on why they haven't gone that direction. Like Lance Leipold was there. He's a great defensive coach. You saw that Kansas offense gets Illinois, and boom, it was so electric. It was so fun to watch, and Illinois has never looked like that. Yeah, and Brett, you know, I, I applauded the hire, and I'm still ha- satisfied with the hire, but I'm also coming to terms with the fact that it may have been, like his success in the Big Ten may have been suited for the time period that he was with in Wisconsin, you know, a decade, 15 years ago. That style may not be suited for Illinois today because, you know, let's just let the Iowa's focus on, you know, the typical Big Ten football. Maybe we need to find something to separate us to get the four-star wide receivers interested in us, to get the four-star quarterbacks uh, interested in us, because right now they're not. And uh, that's why, you know, again, I like Brett, but I want – I like – my football program more than I like Brett Bielema. And so if Brett Bielema is not the guy, if he's too stubborn, if his system doesn't work in today's college football game, then, you know, thank you for your service. I'd rather find out sooner rather than later. And then I want to use the cheat code that we have with all that big 10 media money to find the guy to make the Illinois football brand an exciting one, both on and off the field that they'll catch the attention of the recruits and it'll give us wins and bowl games and, you know, more notoriety uh, in the media. I mean, Subway, they didn't make burgers because they knew that McDonald's was around. 
they need they needed something to identify themselves differently, and it's been rather successful for the Subway Corporation. And I look at Illinois football. If you you can't be Iowa, you can't be Wisconsin because they've been that for so long. Why haven't you tried to market differentiate yourself in the Big Ten in a way that is so profound in everything? It just seems a little lazy for Illinois to just be like, let's just try to be Iowa. Let's try to be Wisconsin. So I like that plan of yours, Sonny. Let's hope we don't have to go in that plan. Let's just hope, you know, Brett, you know, Brett Bielema ball does work. Uh, you know, we, we got the young offensive linemen, we got the running backs. And, you know, if, again, if the result of our style of play was winning eight, nine, 10 games moving forward, you know, just, you know, Michigan just out physical teams, you know, and if, you know, we can recruit at a higher level to the point where the Oregons and the Washingtons and the USC's, you know, they're probably still going to win more often than not. But if they get beat in the trenches and we beat them up to, you know, be able to steal a game from them here and there, I'll be satisfied with that. The problem is right now we're not beating the teams. And if we're not beating the teams playing the slow, plodding, you know, methodical Big Ten ground and pound, then let's try something different. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. It very well could work. Just need some maybe new talent infusions coming in this offseason, which is very much possible. Sonny, we covered a lot. We covered the offense. We covered the defense. We covered the future outlook and a little bit of how Illinois has got here. And now we're on a bye week. But an Illinois fan's favorite phrase, let's talk about basketball. We're going to be doing that tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that podcast between Sonny and I. And what is the name of our guests? It's going to be the Illini Basketball Podcast. All right. right. Illini Basketball Podcast coming up tomorrow. Thank you for listening in to our Illinois football podcast. This has been the Illini Cast, part of the Big Banter Sports Network.